0: Bill Gothard was the founder and leader of the shiny, happy people cult. He ruined thousands of lives with his manipulative and exploitive teachings, but still is denying any wrongdoing at all. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how he was finally exposed and removed from his own cult after a series of scandals that couldn't be ignored or covered up any longer. Uh, Gothard is still very active on social media, and right now he is frantically trying to salvage his reputation in the wake of the Shiny Happy People documentary. So we're going to be taking a look at some of his recent activity on social media, and we even have a video of a surprise interview with Gothard from just a couple weeks ago. Uh, It's actually shocking Uh, how much he's deteriorated. Josh, can you show uh, this picture of Bill Gothard? This is a screen grab from the interview uh, that we'll be showing a little bit later. Uh, We'll also be talking about what it was like to finally get out of the shiny happy people cult. And uh, we've got an interview with a very popular social media influencer who actually grew up in the IBLP cult and is just now finally starting to speak out about her experience. So I'm really excited for y'all to see that. And of course, joining me is my good friend and former cult member, Bryce. Happy to be back. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. (laughs) Welcome back, Bryce. (laughs) Uh, You know, the last episode, I I showed a very unflattering throwback picture of Bryce, uh, and I feel bad about that. So I'm going to be giving you some revenge, Bryce, uh, and I've got a throwback picture of myself that we'll be showing at the end of the episode when I was still in the cult. You're going to need
1: to go to confession after that lie, (laughs) but okay.
0: Whatever it is you do Um, these days, uh, before you appease your gods. (laughs) Before we get into this episode, uh, I did want to let everyone know that the live podcast episode of Surviving the Shiny Happy People Cult is happening on July 26th in Austin, Texas. Tickets are now available on Eventbrite. Uh, They are extremely limited, though. Uh, and all ticket sales uh, will be donated to Recovering Grace. So make sure you get your tickets as quickly as you can. If that is something that you want to attend, I'll be posting the ticket link uh, on YouTube uh, on the community page, and then I'll also uh, be posting it to my website, DavyJax.com. D-a-v-e-y-j-a-x.com. Uh, we'll be having several special guests at this live event who are ex-members of IBLP, uh, as well as some folks that were—they uh, were actually on the Shiny Happy People documentary—to uh, talk about their experiences, answer questions from the audience. Uh, so that's—that's uh, that's really exciting stuff. Uh, and also. This is really cool. Uh, during one of the uh, last episodes in the live chat, someone recommended that I reach out to Colts to Consciousness. Uh, it's another podcast that is, you know, exclusively about cults growing up in cults, what it's like, uh, you, you know, living life inside of a very isolated, restricted environment. Uh, so Colts to Consciousness, I, uh, I recorded an episode of it today. It was extremely emotional. Uh, but that will be coming out later this week. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited about that too. Um, so be on the lookout for the episode of Colts to Consciousness, uh, that'll be, be available on YouTube also. Uh, so with all that being said, let's get into the scandal, uh, that finally took down Bill Gothard. Um, you know, we posted that interview with Dr. John Cornish, uh, yes. from recovering grace. Um, And if you watch that, you know that Bill Gothard, uh, you know, he he basically got into a series of scandals. Uh, Who knows how far back these scandals go, but they came to light around 2012. Uh, Several ex-cult members started sharing their stories on the Recovering Grace website, including allegations of multiple instances of inappropriate behavior from uh, Bill Gothard towards uh, underage girls and young women. Um, And this is the stuff that, that... finally took him out
1: it's very similar if you think about it to the catholic church they nothing happened with that until the victims realized that there were a lot more other victims that's right and then they're like wait a minute you know it wasn't just me this one-off thing and that's kind of the same thing that happened here as soon Mm -hmm. as everybody came together and realized oh we're we're not alone this is all happening to us then action needed to happen
0: yeah and and they they couldn't cover it up any longer that was that was the big thing right Once these stories started hitting the Internet, you know, before it was all kind of, you know, kept inside of IBLP and they were able to control the narrative. Uh, And it was basically just, oh, well, that never happened. Uh, Bill Gothard would never do anything like that. These these women, these these girls that are accusing him are just confused or whatever excuse or justification they use. But finally, once this stuff started hitting the Internet, there was no stopping it. Um, and there were, I mean, thirty plus women that came forward, right? Oh, and yeah. ultimately uh, sued Gothard uh, for damages. Yes. Uh, and that was that was really the the tipping point for him. Uh, now they ultimately dropped the lawsuit because Gothard was threatening to countersue, and you know this this IBLP cult is a sixty million dollar a year. Organization like we've talked about, so he had plenty of money, plenty of access to go after these women who were finally brave enough to speak up about the years and years of abuse. And this is going back. I mean, based on the the conversations that I've had, this this goes way back into the late eighties, early nineties.
1: Right. I mean, all the way back. Not just him, but with his his brother. Oh yeah, with Steve
0: Gothard too. Also, yeah. other members uh, you know, on staff for the cult, right? Right. I mean, this wasn't just the Bill Gothard family that was abusing these women.
1: You know, the interesting thing, I, I, I think that in the 80s, it was mainly just Bill and his brother. And then later, towards the end of our time, as the, they were so big and there were so many different locations... I did hear little rumors and things mm-hmm. at happening at other locations. Yep. But it was almost like before that, everybody was a true believer, and mm-hmm. so they weren't messing around or anything like that. Right. Except for the leader.
0: Mm. Except for the ultimate leader, Gothard. Well, yeah, and I, it, I, I think a lot of it coincides with the growth of the compounds, right? Because all of a sudden now you've got compounds all over you know, the United States, all over the world. And you've got leadership structure within each of those compounds, kind of a yeah. leadership. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, at, at at one point, you're no longer getting to pick like the top perfect leader that you want. You're like, well, we got
0: we just got to throw someone in we there. We got
1: four more training centers. Yeah. Who, who can we pay the least? Uh huh. You know, to to lead this facility. Well,
0: even outside of the directors, though, like usually there was you know a head of kitchen. Let's say yeah. heads of maintenance, and I know for a fact. Uh, that one of the people in a leadership position at the Indianapolis Training Center uh, was absolutely uh, doing some stuff that was really, really questionable. Uh, this was a male leader that was doing questionable stuff with, you know, women, girls. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I saw some of that stuff firsthand in Indianapolis. Uh, and, and so, you know, you hear all these rumors, you, you, you see it happening... But then all of a sudden, the stories start hitting Recovering Grace, and it just blows the whole thing wide open. Yes. And, and there was nothing that Gothard could do at that point to stop it. Now, he did release a statement. Dr. Cornish mentioned uh, in that interview that he, he released a statement that said he shouldn't have you know essentially been <laughs> petting these women. <laughs> just insane.
1: Just kind of a normal politician. Um, yes. I'm not uh, agreeing or mm-hmm. or confessing. But maybe I did, like, a little bit of what they said.
0: Yeah, maybe I, I left my hand on someone's leg a little bit too long.
1: Right.
2: Maybe
0: a few too many side hugs, right? Exactly. That's basically all that he admitted to. He said that, you know, some of the stuff that he did was inappropriate, right? Never, ever admitted to any kind of abuse at all. Um, and,
1: of course, he, he's trying to get John to tell them their names.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that was the craziest thing about that interview with Dr. Cornish, right? is that there was never, you know, any remorse no. on Bill Gothard's part for all this stuff that was going on and it really was just well how can I talk to these these people directly which I mean John's not going to do that why why in the world would you expose these poor women who are already going through so much and potentially let Bill Gothard get get back into their life somehow yeah you know I w- um, I,
1: I wish I could remember his teachings on offending people I remember there was a lot about it. Mm. I, I don't remember there being any like, oh, well, let's prove what happened type situation. It's like if you offend somebody, that's bad, and, mm-hmm. and you should work to not offend. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to look that into it. Look well, into it was
0: it. it was all based on, you know, you should never take anyone to court. You know, it should all be like a, a mediation type right. situation, right? But then he also had the law of crying out that that we all know so well. And I think that came out... Right after the the scandals with Steve Gothard, right? Yeah, is that when that I got so. published? Yeah, which basically, if if you don't essentially scream as you're being abused, it doesn't count. That was the essence of of that principle, right? Uh, so it's it's just it's just all this crazy stuff. Uh, that, you know, the way that he dealt with the lawsuit was essentially bully them into dropping it, right? And then turns around and tries to get sanctions against these women uh which fortunately the court did not approve much to their credit um you you know so he wasn't able to you know effectively silence them yeah um although he was able to silence at least one of them that i know of uh and, and i'll talk about talk about that a little bit more here in a second um but 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 that's the the long and the short of it and and the shiny happy people documentary covers this in detail some of the stuff that he was doing but this new documentary that they're working on that should be coming out here relatively soon until the truth. Uh, boy, that one really, really exposes it.
1: Do they say like, how many episodes it's going to be?
0: No, I didn't, I didn't see any of that, but the eight minute trailer for it, Oh my god! I, I mean, it goes into graphic detail of what Bill Gothard was, was doing to these women. I mean, it was, it was hard to watch. I mean, we, we talked about it in another episode, Bryce, but, uh, that that whole that whole uh trailer was just and, and we're brutal not,
1: we're not saying that you know shiny happy people didn't also affect us it did sure it's just the shiny happy people one had like focus on the Duggars and this that and the other and also the cult and mm-hmm. and i don't know this one it's just like put you just right over it just oh yeah felt very raw uh,
0: yes exactly I, I i keep using the word brutal to describe it because that that's exactly what it is um, I heard that they're still trying to finish that documentary. Actually, yeah. Um, so I'm going to look into that a little bit more and and see how potentially we can we can support that as well as Recovering Grace, uh, because I, I really want th- this message to get out there as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that that covers a lot of the specifics of the abuse. Uh, that that until the truth documentary. Um, I, I've also been communicating uh, with with one woman in particular uh about gothard's predatory behavior um and and this was his secretary in the early 90s Uh, her name is rachel lees um and and we've been we've been talking just about kind of what her experience has been like she's been very very quiet about it up until now uh but she she has a, a close relationship with uh with brooke from the shiny happy people documentary i know they're in close contact i know that she's talked with with john cornish quite a bit one of her um well not her story uh, was published on the Recovering Grace website. Yeah, Josh, you can show this picture. Um, her story was published on the Recovering Grace website and actually broke the website. Uh, like it got forty thousand views in one day, uh, and the servers couldn't handle it. Um, the, you know that's how intense her story really is. this This picture that Josh is showing right now uh, is actually uh, from a book that Rachel was supposed to be contributing to about the evils of rock music. Uh, but her contribution to the book was was never published. Uh, it got pulled at at the last minute and and this is this is the interesting thing about Bill Gothard's manipulation tactics. So one of the things that that Rachel shared with me that I found incredibly creepy was that he was keeping photos of all the women, all the girls in his entourage. I uh, mean
1: it's creepy, but predators keep trophies.
0: That is a great point, Bryce. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're exactly he has, right.
1: He needs to relive in his mind
0: yeah, what, what happened. What he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, she was telling me when 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 Rachel worked for Gothard, uh, he had a professional photographer come in and take photos of her and three of her colleagues, right? Uh, she said it was, it was such a beautiful photo of her that she asked Gothard uh, if she could keep it. Uh, and he told her he wanted it. And so she she never got a copy of that photo. Another time she said that she had her picture taken next to a uh, a private plane uh, in the Northwoods compound. So one of the board members for IBLP, uh, the board member's wife, took a picture of her next to this private plane as they were about to travel back to Chicago. Uh, and then she gave the photo to Rachel, right? So Rachel's got the photo that this board member's wife took. Uh, she showed it to Gothard, and and he took it from her. He said that he wanted it, took it from her. Rachel asked Gothard to give her the photo back a couple days later, I guess. uh, And he just, he wouldn't return it. So that's just very creepy, strange behavior. But I think that this was, you know, indicative of just where Gothard's mind was with all this stuff and why he was surrounding himself with these women. He wanted to be a predator. That was, that's what he was doing. And he was enabled. Yeah, you know what? The other
1: thing—the
0: other thing that Rachel said—is there's a you know we've we've all heard that you know Gothard preferred uh, blondes, right? She said that's actually not the case. He also liked brunettes. She's she's a brunette, Um, and Rachel said that Gothard told her when she was just 21 years old and he was 59 that he wanted to marry her. I I I mean, and this I think this was in the early 90s that that this happened, right? Uh, And said that there was just numerous instances of inappropriate behavior on his part. Um,
1: it's it's interesting that he never married. I mean, th- so to compare him to the person that's currently uh, head, which is Dr. Levandusky.
0: Oh, he's currently head of IBLP? I believe so. I think okay. that's
1: what it still so- showed on the website. Dr. Levandusky was my director at Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And I really don't have any, like... There's no drama. Yeah. Dr. Lewandowski was extremely sincere, mm-hmm. believed, and did as told. But he was also a very a unique person. He was very quiet, and and he had just this very meticulous way about him. And um, basically, somebody would be like, he's probably going to be a bachelor's whole life. No, he got married. Oh, so, did he really? So I'm not saying that nobody would want. I'm just saying that a unique and interesting and quiet and person can still get married, but Bill Gothard never found anybody that wanted to marry him?
0: Yeah, interesting, right? Or was it so that he didn't have any level of accountability uh, for what he was doing with with these girls and, and young women? Right. Uh, was, was that a part of it? Because once you get married, now you've got someone that is going to be with you all the time. Yeah. Um, and they might be able to see some of that inappropriate behavior, and, and you're trying to keep that secretive and quiet. You know exactly. Um, I think that's probably more of what it was. Uh, Rachel, she was she was actually part of the lawsuit against Gothard, and he ended up coming after her personally with sanctions uh, because he heard that she was going to publish a book about her experience.
1: Why would you do that if you're innocent?
0: Yeah, exactly. Why? Why the need to cover up as much as possible? Especially
1: one particular person, Mm -hmm. single them out.
0: Because she had so much information on him. Uh, and that really is the bottom line. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, at some point uh, we, can, we can have a, a conversation uh, with Rachel, uh, an interview with her that, uh, that we can show y'all. Uh, because her story is just, I mean, it's obviously tragic, right? Right. But it's also incredibly fascinating what she went through um, and how she's, she's coped with her trauma, uh, since getting out of the IBLP cult, um, you know she's she's married. She has her own kids now, um, and and as far as you know, I can tell conversations that I had with have had with her. She's an incredible person, just amazing. Um, and she's been, like I said, very involved with the Recovering Grace stuff, with you know the Shiny Happy People stuff. She's just never publicly really come out and, and participated in, in any of those documentaries yet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know that if 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 y'all were able to hear her story it would just be shocking. Absolutely shocking. And and you can read a good part of her story on Recovering Grace, but she even said that what's on Recovering Grace isn't even half of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot. Um, here's the good news. Uh, the The good news is that Bill Gother, he has been coming under intense fire uh, since the release of the Shiny Happy People documentary. And it looks like the pressure... Is finally getting getting to him. Uh, Josh, can you pull up his uh, his Twitter post? You got that up there? Okay. So this is the most recent Twitter post from Bill Gothard in response to the Shiny Happy People documentary, right? And of course, he starts it with absurd lies in new video attacks. <laughs> just ab- just a hundred percent denial. They're lies. Everything in this documentary, even the stuff about the Duggars, apparently. Is just all lies, right? Yeah,
1: you know, it's, he's. I I will be real surprised uh, if he ever quotes anything from the New Testament about. You know, oh, uh, about why he is justified? No, no, about no forgive, no forgiving, and oh, gotcha. Because yeah, everything what you see here is like judgment against those. It's mm-hmm. Like, uh huh.
0: Well, so you know, I I love this bottom paragraph of this of this first part of the tweet, uh, saying that videographers have chosen to play the part of the wicked who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bow to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, and they accomplish a diligent search. But God, God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded, which is pretty ominous and feels a lot like a threat for anyone that's speaking out against You them.
1: know, manipulation of the scripture can go two ways.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, who's to say that he's not this evildoer, right? Which, in fact, is yeah. actually the case. Exactly. Right? Um, you know, at, uh, at the end of his tweet, <laughs> this, is, this is just infuriating. Uh, he says, far from being discouraging, false accusations are a cause for encouragement and rejoicing. Josh, you can go to the next slide here. Jesus stated, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall sh- say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven.
1: Uh, I'm conf- uh, <laughs> I'm confused. I'm sorry. In the first tweet, was he rejoicing?
0: Uh, no, it seemed like he was real confused. Yeah, uh, I, I, it sounded to me like he was threatening and angry. He should be throwing a party. But but now he is rejoicing, right? Uh, and, and you know what's so funny about this? The the interview video that we're going to watch here in a second, it's the same line, dude. It's the exact same line. Uh, So he posted this weird rant about the Shiny Happy People documentary, which is a drastic departure from his previous statement, or statements, I should say, which pretty much just ignore or dismiss the accusations entirely. He just just sweeps them away, pretty much. Right. You know. This, to me, says the pressure's getting to him. Uh, also and, and maybe, I don't know
1: how it couldn't. Maybe he's ignoring legal advice. Mm. But you know, he knows all, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's not wrong.
0: Oh no. Uh you know, somehow the 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 part that's super infuriating here is that the victims of the abuse that are speaking out against IBLP they're the evil ones according to Gothard and he is the persecuted one. That's
1: that's that is what all of these fundamentalists
0: Yeah. You know,
1: organizations do that they go, well, we certainly want to don't want to take down the head of a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we need this good leader. So, you know, stop tempting
0: them. Yeah, it's all deflection and redirection. Exactly. Okay, if you come to us with a problem in our leadership, in this case, Bill, in this case, Bill Gothard is allegedly abusing all these underage girls and women. Rather than acknowledging that, we're just going to put it back on you. Well, this is actually your fault, or it just didn't happen, right? Um, You know, a couple of reporters actually caught Bill Gothard outside of his house just a couple weeks ago, and they were able to ask him some questions about his opinion on the shiny, happy people documentary. And and I want to take a look at that real quick. Uh, Josh, can you play this video?
1: He finally got a new car <laughs> i love the oh, hello, Mr. Flag in the background
3: Hi, sorry to bother you um we're local reporters from patch patch.com uh lorraine and david i'm rejoicing, <laughs> I'm rejoicing <laughs> Well, i'm rejoicing too rejoicing to see you. Uh, how's it where going are you from? well i'm from just you know with the uh patch.com we're like local reporters i cover lagrange western springs hinsdale and i know you got a facility in hinsdale And uh, I was just wondering, like, um, you know, there was this big documentary. It was on Amazon Prime. Did you have any comment on that? Did you watch it? Did you watch it?
1: Shiny Happy People about the Duggar
3: Family. Documented? It was a documentary on Amazon about about Shiny Happy People, the Duggar Family, and yourself as the head of the Institute. And I was just wondering if, uh, you know, you saw the documentary or heard about it.
0: It was kind of harsh on
1: you, and we just want to make sure
2: you're
3: okay. Cause you know,
1: it didn't seem like it.
3: Did was. you get some material? Well, they, uh, they 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 just suggested that you know you left the the institute, uh, and and they suggested you know girls spoke about going into the institute, and they said that they were treated, they were harassed, and I was just wonder if you were worried about that, uh, you know, that girls were harassed under your mm-hmm. reign, uh, you know, did you, on that. Uh, you you didn't do that,
1: did you? Or.
3: Well, I'd rather not um, get involved if that's okay. Okay. No, yeah.
1: we, we appreciate it, and uh, you look good. Pushing 90, you're still out there kicking.
3: Yeah. I'll be lucky if I get to 75. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I make it through my 60s. <laughs> so. Oh, sorry, okay. it's started to bother you, but we just, you know, we it, 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 America was watching it last yeah. week. Yeah, okay. we okay. just wanted to Have a nice a, day. your side of the story. So, you
1: know, yeah. that's. Yeah, you know,
3: okay. there's there's too many one-sided right. news
0: thank reports. You. Thank so you, okay, you, sir. Thank All you. Right. Appreciate it. That's it, Josh. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go what ahead.
1: What is this publication?
0: I, I have no idea.
1: They seemed Patch? real gentle. They seemed like they were yeah. he- excited to see him.
0: W- so that was what I was a little bit confused about, Bryce, is, is I don't know which side they were on here uh, because they talked about they talked about how they were rejoicing to see him. Yeah. Uh they they talked about how, you know, that documentary seemed very one-sided. Yeah. Uh it, you know, and, and and I get it, man. This Bill Gothard is old.
1: Uh that uh, was I mean, how old is Warren Buffett?
0: I have no idea. 92? Uh, no, okay, you, Warren
1: Buffett is way more cognitive. Uh, that 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 is a person that should not be driving.
0: Yeah, right? Well, he's clearly losing his hearing,
3: right?
1: He, well, I mean, he—I he, don't know if he was losing his hearing so much as he didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that is, that a, is the look a of somebody lost, yeah. that 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 does not need to be left alone.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, and and that's so obviously, you know, I wouldn't expect someone to go and harass Bill Gothard at ninety years old, and clearly. He doesn't have all his faculties about I'm him okay. at this I'm point. I'm okay with it. You can You're harass him. Okay.
3: I'm sorry.
1: Just go ahead. You can stand. Um, look. You can stand. I don't
0: know if that would really be a you good can, look, Bryce.
1: You can stand on the public street and be like, "Did you have anything to add to these accusations?" That's yeah. it. You don't have to. You don't have to be. You know, all up in their grill.
0: But I mean, he he clearly he knows what's going on here and what he has to say.
1: That was a biased.
0: So uh, he's approach. he's lucid enough to understand they seemed
1: that. More nervous than him.
2: Yeah, they really did. He did not shake. He just is like staring no. at them like...
0: No, I'd, I'd rather not get into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, whoa. But did you notice right at the beginning how he said, I'm rejoicing? Yeah. Same messaging, same language in those tweets.
1: It's burned into his brain. I mean, and this this scripture, he's using, you know, Matthew 5, 11, 12. Like, I, was all that? of these scriptures are just constant in all of his material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just... Every, every new thing, a new program, and it would be, like, based on the same... Mm-hmm. Section yeah. almost everything, and
0: and and that 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 particular verse, yeah, is from the Sermon on the Mount, yeah, right, which all of the wisdom booklets are based on, yeah. So he's going straight back to his roots, uh, making sure that he can dismiss these accusations, right? I was surprised
2: uh, yeah. that they that he lives next door to somebody that has, uh, you know, the pride flag, yeah, yeah you that like he did, that? It was just like you need to take it down <laughs> or nothing. He'd...
0: I thought that was so ironic. Yeah. Hilarious! Yeah, who, who doesn't know? What the that only thing means? with the video, <laughs> I would time. say, is
2: they showed his what's it called? His plates on his car. Oh and man! It showed the numbers. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah, on yeah, them. Yeah. Now
0: people could absolutely <laughs> go after him. <laughs> he, not saying you should. Not saying we're going to. I'm just saying if you wanted to, you could. <laughs> the,
1: the original humble brag from Bill Gothard. He used to have like this green 1960s uh, four door whatever Chrysler I don't know what it was was, you know it was uh, an old car American car yeah old and he you know oh yeah this is my personal car look how humble I am I'm not extravagant let me get in my custom van while I'm driven to the airport or my private plane while I'm traveling traveling between compounds you they would take pictures of him driving it but he never drove
0: it (laughs) no no he was chauffeured yeah absolutely and
1: the only reason he's got a new car is he didn't have like a Staff ready to keep yeah. that old thing going. <laughs>
0: right? At his beck and call. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, t- to me, even as you know, old as he is now, right, he is still active and still active, more importantly, in denying everything that was brought against him. Um, and he's holding to the same lines. Dude, it's the same narrative. It's the same deflection and redirect every time. Um and, and so I I I think he's gonna take this stuff to his grave. I don't think oh, he'll ever absolutely. get an apology no. any kind of justice well, on his end at all.
1: I mean, from what I've seen, a lawyer can can, you know, plead a whole you no, know, not not capable of going to jail or something. You
0: know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's not fit to stand trial or, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever you wanna say. Exactly. Sure. Um I you know, to me it's 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 beyond that where just no one no one wants to go after him anymore you know i think the only thing that you could really go after at this point is iblp if if you really wanted to see some justice for the victims i think that's what you'd have to do at this point yes uh just for the you know how they enabled his behavior for so long um you know so he's still out there um he's still prolific but uh there's so many stories of hope coming out of this cult and and one, one of those stories is is from a, uh, a lady named uh, Noelle Jett. Uh, getting out of the shiny happy people cult is, is a really interesting subject because so many people had such vastly different experiences with this, right? Uh, like there's people who had to physically run away to escape an abusive family dynamic. Uh, but there's others like myself. I mean, I just decided I was done. And that was it. And I was out. Um, so... There, there's a There's a broad spectrum of experience here. Uh, and, and I want to talk about some of those experiences with you, Bryce. Uh, but first, I wanted to share this conversation that I have with Noel Jett, Uh just about you know kind of her experience getting out into the real world, right? Uh, Noel, she is an incredibly popular YouTube influencer um, uh, that shared her experience raising five kids, renovating a farmhouse and other just really cool lifestyle lifestyle content that she does. Uh, She also happened to grow up in the shiny, happy people cult. And while she kind of mentions it in her book uh, from the ground up, she's really just now starting to speak out about it more uh, about how her childhood uh, and what it was like growing up in in the IBLP cult. Um, And so I wanted to play a segment uh, from the, from an interview that I did with Noel and we, we were talking about how, profoundly your relationships can be affected growing up under gothard's teaching uh, and how that can really just put a twist on everything josh do you have that uh do you have that video ready to play i'm proud to be okay cool so we had a long long conversation and and the the full interview is is going to be available uh tomorrow on youtube Uh, but i just wanted to play this segment because i I think it's so interesting kind of hearing her perspective on it go ahead josh what was what was dating like for you because growing up with with some of these ideologies, it it can really influence how you you go and and pick a partner, essentially. Oh,
4: absolutely. So my first serious, serious relationship, I was 17. He was 23, which at the time, I thought nothing about it because he was going to be in the ministry. And he had graduated from Bible college, and I was in Bible college. And I didn't I didn't think anything about the age difference back then. And it and he he had grown up in similar. So he had gone Mm -hmm. to um, another college there in Oklahoma City and he had been affected by the same ideologies, the same issues. And honestly, it was catastrophic to our relationship. Like if Mm. if you take away any other issue that we had, that issue alone that we were both dealing with these things that we had come up with, it was a disaster, recipe Mm. for disaster. Um, But then fast forward to meeting my husband and he has just been the most patient and loving and kind person and you know, just been there through the thick of it. My, my whole family, all the drama, all the trauma, all the issues. Yeah. He has just been a steadfast force and helped me. Uh, honestly, been one of the biggest single factors in helping me move past it and build a life I love.
0: Now, did did your your husband? Did he come from a, a similar background as well? Did y'all go through the courtship oh, no. stuff or no? Oh no, no, oh, no. Okay. He,
4: So, wow. so let me back up a little bit here because I, I realize you're missing a piece of the story. So. When my, in my delve into Moab, I ended up pregnant. Imagine that. Cause you know, definitely going to happen. You know, I think I was 23 at the time. Mm -hmm. And so got married and miscarried, but now I'm married, you know, and you don't get a divorce like that. You do not get Mm -hmm. a divorce like that. No matter what happens. Oh no. That was the part. Like no one in my family, I had one aunt that had been divorced one time and then she's been remarried like 30 years now, but you don't, you don't get a divorce.
0: No, you just need to submit more. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, before you even think he about the D word, he, yeah.
4: Yes, exactly. He wasn't. I, you know, he wasn't religious at all, so he had no idea that aspect of what I was going through. But you know, he, like I, you just stay married, yeah. and it. I mean, it escalated to a point where even my dad, my super fundamental religious dad, said, "You need to divorce him. He is going to ruin your life." Mm. So, at this point, I had two little girls, and according to everything I'd ever been taught. I was damaged goods. You know, mm, I was like, mm. I will be single the rest of my life. There is no man on earth that would look twice at me. You know, I've got, dam- you know, this baggage on me and you know, I, I was ruined goods. That's all I'd ever been taught. Right. And here comes my husband, patient mm. <laughs> Daniel, never married, had no kids and didn't even think twice, jumped into it. And now it's been, you know, 14 years. We've got had three more children together and it's, it's just crazy how much one person can make a difference in helping you unlearn all the stuff that's been shoved in your head.
0: Yeah. So that that full interview with Noelle will be available tomorrow at eight p.m. and you can see more of her content on her YouTube channel and uh, social media at Jetset Farmhouse uh, and her website uh, website. Excuse me, JetsetFarmhouse.com. And also check out her book from the ground up. But the the story that that she was telling there, it, it's so common. In this cult, isn't it, Bryce? Uh, I, I mean, the the relationships that these women get into because they think it's it's God's will for them.
1: And and guys, I one of the things. So I have also been divorced, and I was the first person on my dad's side of the family that I'm aware of uh, to go through the divorce thing, mm. and it was a big. Fear of mine um, as to how my parents would handle it and how, you know, my family would handle it. Like, I hung on just like everybody else. that goes longer than you should. Mm. And I think everybody saw that it it was definitely the right movie. My parents Mm. surprised me. They're like, okay, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just do it. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. (laughs) We're we're not going to protest or
3: argue about this? Okay. Nice.
1: All right. So... I'm sure it would have been different if there were, if I had any children, but uh, there were no children involved, so mm. it was a pretty pretty quick and easy separation, as it were. But yeah, it's um, the transition. Uh, I, you know, I came back from Australia, mm-hmm. and like you, I was thinking about this. You know, we were we just decided like mm, it's over. We're, we're yeah, done.
0: I'm done. Yep.
1: The difference was that I was like I didn't see any reason to go back and be involved, but I still tried to live all of the BS I'd been taught, mm. and it was all jammed up and stuck up in my brain still. Yeah. And well, that's, I mean, that's
0: what brainwashing is. Yeah. You know?
1: And I didn't get any encouragement or direction for career or education. My parents, you know, two weeks after Australia, and they're like, okay, hey, you know, you're 21. You should probably get a job. Mm-hmm and i'm like okay and boom right off into retail yeah. because i'm not qual even though if i was to, i could i could make that resume sing today Sure. I'm much better <laughs> international administrator over yep. an international you know in a satellite office don't like, worry about uh, the fact that it was a cult though don't yeah, yeah, don't worry yeah, about yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah i was a kid i was a kid <laughs> but i ran that sucker let me tell right? you we had experienced tremendous growth <laughs> yeah. i could show you charts um, but I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. So yeah. I just entered retail for the next like 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Which uh, is because incredible. that that's all you're qualified to do at that point. That's and, all and I, I think, thought I was qualified to do. Well, uh, fr- from an academic perspective, I mean. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I, I mean, because, you know, I, I, IBLP talks about how, oh, you finished the wisdom booklets you've got a college degree pretty much. <laughs> no, dude, not even remotely. Yeah, uh, I
1: had the skills I learned from the Institute in photographic studies. Again, the yep. best thing I ever did at the Institute, as far as training that they, that I got, and I did, you know, get into photography. Like I, I have a a pretty cool um, resume of photography mm-hmm. things that I have done. Um, but photography is really hard to make a living at. Yeah, and you also, I also love photography, and I want to guide shooting the wedding every weekend, to where I hated photography. So, uh-huh. so I just kind of gradually of. I still do it occasionally.
0: Yeah, you don't want the thing you are passionate about. Uh, y- you don't want work to ruin it, right? Exactly. And that, that's kind of what it was doing for you. So that's, I
1: mean, that was your experience with alcohol. You were passionate about it. Yeah, I was very passionate about alcohol,
0: <laughs> overly passionate. Uh, yeah. So you made this this kind of cut and dry decision uh, to leave the cult, and, and there really wasn't a whole lot of uh, pushback uh, for you.
1: Well, I mean, my parents. You know, I am twenty one. Um, I don't even know if there was a place for me back in Oklahoma City. You know, they had already rotated mm-hmm. somebody in. I, I don't even remember any kind of discussion. I just I was like eh, they just kinda I'm happened. I'm not right? going back. And they were like, eh, okay, you don't have to go back and, yeah. and all right, now what? And they're like, you know, go find somebody, and make babies, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need grandkids. Exactly. Uh and for me, it was kinda similar. Uh but but I really made the decision to leave the cold after I got back from the Indianapolis compound. Um, but when I got back from Indianapolis, Indianapolis compound, I was still 16 or 17 at that point. Right. Um, and, and so I knew that if I, if I really wanted to leave, I would have to emancipate. Um, and I, and I didn't want to do that to my family. Um, b- because as much as we'd been through as angry as I was at the time at my parents, um, I still didn't want to rip my family apart like that. Um, so I just decided to kind of bide my time. Yeah, until I were, was eighteen, he could make a clean break. You're
1: Like one to two years away. Yeah, so you're like, I mean,
0: it's 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 not going to be. How, how much worse could it get after experiencing the Indianapolis training center? Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, once I turned eighteen, I, I I basically just told my parents, "Hey, look, I'm done with this stuff. Um, it, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing now. I want I want to continue having a good relationship with you. I will not be involved uh, in IBLP anymore, though.
3: Exactly.
0: Uh, and they were fine with it. And a year later, they were done with it too. Uh, I think my parents had already kind of started seeing eh, this might be a little bit problematic, you yeah. know. Especially when I had this meeting with with Bill Gothard, uh, and he wanted to send me up into you know an even more solitary confinement up in the North Woods for the log cabin program. My parents were just like, "Whoa, that, that's not what needs to happen here." Uh, if
1: they could get a training center in
0: space, oh wow! Like, All the nerds would love we're, that. <laughs> we're gonna get you so
1: close to God, you're not gonna be able to go <laughs> home.
0: But but here's the thing, man, and and. You know, I, I know you know people like this. Um, there were there were other cult members that that had to literally run away, whether it was from a training center or their families to escape this cult. Yes, uh, they didn't have any other options. They had to do
1: divorce. They had to, uh-huh. you know. While my divorce was mentally difficult and physically easy, after experiencing that, and I'm in these Facebook groups and I see. All of these other dynamics, all of these mm-hmm. other people—people people I know, friends—they've got kids, mm-hmm. and they're divorcing. And I don't. It, once you've been through it, it's, and if you know somebody, that then a friend that goes—it's it really sucks. It's yeah. Like you see that you know
0: what they're experiencing. It's a painful experience, and Even I know if it needs the, to happen.
1: Right. And whatever yeah. they whatever I experience is compounded by however many children are now involved. I mean, it's awful. And there's so many broken homes because somebody woke up. Either the man woke up, I've known at least one occasion where the guy was like, This is all BS. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and mm-hmm. the wife was still totally like, yeah. No.
0: She wanted to hold on to it. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then most of the, it's the other way around because the woman is being so
0: mm-hmm.
1: abused and subdued. And, sub- and she just got to get
0: out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, so, so the experiences are just so widespread on this. But you've got a really great example that I love about what it's like at first getting out of this cult and and all of a sudden experiencing the real world.
1: Yes. This is something that kind of came to me after a while. So after I finally got my brain out of the ATI mode mm-hmm. it was probably around the age of 28 I started to delve deep into all the things that were not all the things uh, a lot of things that were quote unquote taboo
0: yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: so and one of those things and you get people are gonna laugh is Harry Potter yeah okay now Harry Potter is one of those things that when it came out the Christians were like well let's let's go burn these books right no, for <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> this, this is, is the devil's awful you know um, and I read them and I watched the movies And I connected with this whole story, and I couldn't understand why do I like this whole universe so much. I finally figured it out one day. If you guys want to know what it's like Mm. for somebody like us to get out of this whole mindset and be out in the world, just watch Harry Potter. Anytime he is at Hogwarts... And somebody just pulls a wand out and is like, ah, oh, let me fix your glasses. And he's like, oh, wow. Or they're like, oh, yeah, the storybook of, uh, you know, the Deathly Hollows, You know, right? Right? And he's like, nah, no. I, I don't, that's that's us. Yeah. When we get like, oh, well, you know, Jaws, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember with the shark? and?
0: Uh,
1: yeah, the Elton John song. You know, you know going a, to
0: parties. Right. You know, uh, do, do, go, going on trips with your friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, drinking.
1: You want a shot? Or, yeah. You want a you wanna, no, I don't know anything you, about you. Any wanna, of that. You want a sex on the beach? <laughs> um, I don't really know you that well. What are we? Well, they're all having one. Oh!
0: But that's and, and that, that that is the whole thing. That's it. You, every everything that we should have experienced, right? Growing up, and especially or at least in high school, aware of. Yeah, uh, that that's a really you know, good point. Li- Maybe we didn't experience it, but at least we knew it was out. We were so isolated and insulated from the outside world. We had no idea. So this was all just mind-blowing as soon as we started experiencing it.
1: Exactly. I, r- I remember going stuff. to my first
0: party, my first college party. And I was just like, whoa, this is what people do. They're they're doing they're doing handstands on kegs. All of these people are wasted. They're doing jello shots. I had no idea what was going on. I was just absolutely I, I mean, mind blown.
1: And then he started training
0: and became a professional <laughs> partier in six yeah. months. Yeah. But uh, it, you know, it, it is—it's this culture shock that you start to experience uh, when you get out of the cult. And if you think about it, we don't
1: know, especially if we're real fresh, we don't know what what is an acceptable part of culture that we missed out on, and what isn't an acceptable part of culture. If you think about mm, it, you know, yeah. or we don't—we don't know what all of these nuances that everybody has right. about all of these different subject matters. And it, to us, it's all fresh. It's all brand new.
0: Exactly. It's it, it's you're you're basically experiencing real life for the first time.
1: It's like getting the download from the Matrix, but you don't. You still don't really know what's going no, on. No,
0: there's your other favorite one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's only because you watched it on repeat at the Oklahoma City Training Center, right? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sir. Uh, yeah. So what what we're gonna do in, in the next episode is, is talk a lot about what our experiences were like living in that real life all of a sudden. Um, and, and so that, that'll be, that'll be the next episode. Um, we have been getting a ton of questions, uh, from people that want to know more about some of the stories that we we've told on previous episodes. Uh, and, and I did want to address a couple of them. Yeah. One of the, one of the questions that I found really fascinating was, you know, what percentage of people, do we think that have been through the cult, have ultimately rejected their upbringing and all the things they were taught versus the people that still believe Gothard's teaching?
1: I feel like it's a very easy-to-measure easy, easy to measure per- percentage. I mean, it's not going to be exact, but you just look at how many training centers have been shut down and moved mm. on. The fact that they can barely fill out their center at Big Sandy for their yearly conference. Right. The, the, the yearly conference was pilgrimage people. Mm-hmm. Like, you... We weren't so much expected. You, that's that's just what you did. It was it was it was understood. It you know? was hype.
0: Everyone wanted to do it, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It it helped keep you putting the money into the machine, as it were. So if you just look at the just and the fact that I don't even know if they're still traveling because you travel to every major city and put on these seminars. And I was trying I to know. find that. Because if they came to town, we could go and stand outside.
0: (laughs) Just pick it outside. (laughs)
1: I'd have a sign with a QR. We could still go
0: down to Big Sandy, dude. We could do the exact same thing. Yeah. But I, I I think that that's a great observation. The, the popularity has dwindled down so far. But it's still, it's a very nuanced question, right? Because I think there's, there's a lot of people that flat out reject the teachings that they were brought up with. Myself and, and Bryce, right? We don't subscribe to any of that fundamental bullshit right yeah but i think there's a lot of people who would say oh yeah i think the, the the cult was bad i think the iblp stuff was bad but they're they're still living that way to a very large extent right right um and then there's there's a small group of people who still i mean they'll defend tooth and nail uh bill gothard to the bitter end you yeah know? Um, I mean, And
1: there's the people that say that they're completely over it but if they've never gone to therapy, if they've never really analyzed their their actions, they're doing things and they don't they don't realize it's it's built built on this as a foundation. It's something yeah. I went through. Mm-hmm. And they, I find I'm very self aware. I, I you can have pretty to much disentangle tell. from
0: this stuff, right? It's yeah, it's <laughs> so hard. You were programmed for years in this cult, and now you got to deprogram. Exactly. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the other questions was: uh, Do we think homeschooling is bad? Uh, I I'll, Bryce, I'll, I'll let you give your opinion on this. Personally, no, not at all. I, I think it can I think it can provide an incredible educational experience. Um, you know my my siblings homeschool their kids, um, and they're doing great, and and but they're not growing up in you know this rigid, isolated environment either. Right. They're getting they're just getting a great education.
1: Yeah, that's that's what's key. I'm, my nephew is like. Nine and doing algebra, you know,
0: is he homeschooled as well? Of course. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So homeschooling is yeah, it's not bad or evil. I mean,
0: not inherently. No, it, not inherently.
1: It's just this, it's the same as going to public schools or, or private schools or whatever schools, you know, some of them are good. Some of them are not good. Some mm. of them have really great teachers. Some yeah. of them don't have really great teachers. And uh, unfortunately, if you're homeschooled and you don't have a great teacher. Yeah. Um, there's not really... Or if you don't
0: have strong curriculum and you're just relying yeah. on the wisdom booklets, yeah, you're going to get a horrible education and come out of that barely able to spell and do math.
1: Yeah, but uh, thankfully, you know? there's so much support yes. now. Like, you can literally go to college on a basketball scholarship because the homeschool basketball league is huge. Yeah. Here in Texas, anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so no, I I don't think that homeschooling is, is inherently evil. Um, and I, I think it can... Can still be used very effectively for a lot of families um another question was what happened to your sister and i think you just shared a little bit about that
1: she's happily married
0: yeah got two wonderful kids yeah. um
1: you know got a wonderful husband Um, they're, and he came from the same background, Mm -hmm. whatever we, he, he was even more repressed, a harsher Mm -hmm. environment. And um, he probably
0: grew up in an environment very similar to mine, actually.
1: Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Mm -hmm. So they're doing well. Great. And I get to see them frequently.
0: Then I actually got, um, a message after, I think it was the second episode that we did from your sister, uh, just telling me, you know, how much, uh, she appreciated what you and I were saying. Um, and that, uh, you know, it's, it's great that, that you and I are still friends and, and, you know, it made me really emotional because when I responded, I, ju- I just told her that, you know, some of my, my happiest memories when I first got out of the cold before I was really far down, um, the substance abuse hole, um, to, you know, spending time with, with, with Bryce and, and, and with your sister, those were some of the happiest days of my life.
1: We were so, such an odd couple. <laughs> it, it, I, I, could not figure out why he was hanging out with me, because he he was Fonzie, and I was Richie, and and I wanted to be cool, and I wanted to have he and he Jay, you know he would hang out with me, and I don't I don't know why, and if and if you put them to and I would meet with some of his friends, and they would be all like kind of party, and they would, yeah. and they're looking at me like. Who brought the nerd? You know? <laughs> <laughs> are you the d? Are you the designated? It's cool, man. Are you the? Because I saw you, you. You had like a beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we we were thick as steves back then too. Uh, yeah, and I think it's just because of our shared experience, and and we both we both wanted more uh, than what this cult had offered us. We right? we,
1: we had a weird balance. It was yeah. very. I have It's very fond much a memories. yin and a yang there. Yeah. Super yin and yang. Yeah. But but we uh, had a lot of fun too. Yeah, You yeah. did have a lot of it.
0: It, t- it took a while before you know Bryce came over to the party side uh, or the dark side. That's really what it is, right? Uh, but once he did, man. Uh, I mean, I'm not much of a stout. Um, I'll never forget Bryce. Oh, boy. doing shots of flaming Dr. Peppers and then uh, drinking drinking a swig of water out of a. Uh... Okay, that
1: <laughs> that is on you, sir. Yeah. First of all, I have not had a flaming Dr. Pepper
0: since. <laughs> um, I don't think that. That we, he was sitting in the back of my car, Josh, and I had a bottle of water oh. back there, but I used it to put out cigarettes. Yeah, of course, he did. And Bryce took a big old swig out of this thing and immediately just Blah, uh, painted he's, the side of my car. He's
1: forgetting, I asked for water and they purposely handed that. Water I to don't me. think
0: that was on that purpose, is, I think that's a misrepresentation. No. I don't feel like that's true. I don't think I would do that. I don't think oh, I'd ever do it. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know, we, we just have a different you know Different, different memories, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm
1: still waiting on your, this month's check to keep some of those information <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out. To keep of that of the, suppressed, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, uh, another big question that I got was uh, what happened to uh, the girlfriend that I had when I was 16 that got me sent away to uh, behavioral rehab, and, and I mentioned it in the last episode. It's, it's actually kind of a sad story, so... When I went to uh, to Life Focus uh, for this program, um, she had been writing me letters uh, while I was away, um, and the the cult had intercepted all of them and actually ended up sending them all to my parents. So I thought she had just abandoned me at, at that point, uh, which was very upsetting for me uh, because, you know, it was it was my first love. This is high school puppy sweetheart love, you know, and so I thought we were going to be together forever and now she just abandoned me. So, so that was another layer of, of anger that I had. Um, but I want to say about a year after I got out of the cult. Uh, so I think I was about 19 years old. Um, I actually decided, you know what, I'm going to reach out to her and just kind of see how she is. And I did. And, uh, I was telling I, I was telling, um, Colts to consciousness, this story earlier. Um, you know, she, uh, she answered the phone, and as soon as she heard my voice, just screamed. Screamed. Uh, because she didn't know what had happened to me and didn't have any way of getting in touch with me either. Uh, and she told me that she had written me all these letters, and I explained to her that I, I just never got them. Um, you know, so we had a really good conversation, had, had really good closure after that. But uh, what I found out later uh, was after I left, uh, the church that, that she was a part of, uh, that my family was also a part of, um, she was not homeschooled. She didn't grow up with the same background at all. This was a a, a normal church. It wasn't a cult church. Um, she was the head high uh, the head cheerleader on uh, or at her high school. Um, so she had a very normal life. Uh, but one of the uh, pastors at that church actually abused her severely, uh, along with you know several other women at that church. Um, you know, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, so she went through her own trauma uh while i was going through mine um and and i think it just goes to show it doesn't matter where you are or who you are if you have these principles in place that create an environment for exploitation manipulation and abuse it's going to happen and and it has to change or you have to get out of it period yeah um you know and I, i haven't i haven't talked to her again uh, since that conversation, but from, from everything I've heard from everything I know, she's, she's doing great. She has her own family now, I believe. Um, so she was, uh, she was able to recover from that, which, which I'm really happy about. Um, yeah. So, uh, the last episode we, we showed a a pretty unfortunate throwback picture of Bryce with Bill Gothard, and to Wait, keep it fair,
2: do you want me to ask the things before? Uh, you want to do that yeah. after the picture? I don't know After the picture. After. Bryce,
0: okay. Bryce has a surprise that I'm not. I'm not we'll aware see. of. We'll uh, see how but, it lands, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this is the picture that that I brought with me. All right, Josh. Okay, okay. Enough. Enough.
1: Unreal. I don't know about you, but I can see this guy <laughs> handing out plates
0: yeah. at the. Uh, yeah. Wow. wow! This is me. This is peak cult attire. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I want you to that's notice way too cash. But okay, the the braided belt and the pleated pants. Come on! Did I but slam the door in your
2: face a few <laughs> years in, on a Saturday morning? I think. I think. You might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: But yeah, I think I was. Uh, I think I was actually. I think this is right after I got back from Indianapolis. As a matter you, of fact,
1: you are such a bad boy. No tie.
0: No tie? No oh, tie. no, absolutely not. And the
1: collars don't button, you know, no, to hold the no. tie. And, and
0: my hair's probably a little too long. Look belt is that? I don't. That, come on, Josh. <laughs> just leave the belt alone. It was probably popular well, at the time. double Take the picture down. Take the picture down. I don't want to see it anymore. I'm saving it on my oh, computer. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so producer Josh. iPhone lock screen. Uh, if you want a copy of this picture, for the old spank bank, reach out. To uh,
1: uh, he will have a stack of these, and uh, he will be uh, autographing them after uh, the podcast. Uh, 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 yeah, at the live event. <laughs> the live oh, event.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's your revenge, Bryce. I hope you're happy. I've never heard producer Josh laugh that hard. Uh, I'll so just that's have to great.
1: go dig up some more pictures of us.
0: That is just fantastic. All <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So Brandon, you've you've got a special uh, segment that I, you want to do. I did. I just
1: had the thought, like we didn't, all the stuff we didn't experience, and one of the things we didn't experience, we didn't watch a lot of uh, late shows, and for whatever reason, it popped in my head, a top ten list. Oh, okay. So now we have a top ten list on uh, ten ways to tell if you're dating someone from the cult.
0: Ooh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Is Josh going to read these for us? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: he friend requests you. Your dad
0: do it right, Josh. Reason number ten.
1: Oh, I gotta oh, start from the bottom.
2: Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, actually put
0: them yeah. in
1: any particular order, but oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine.
2: Okay, so I'll start from number
0: ten. Okay. Uh,
2: reason number ten. She keeps bringing home deep red carpet samples <laughs>
0: <laughs> because the training centers had to have them every single one. Them.
1: Whoever that salesman was, salesman of the year.
0: Oh yeah, and 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 made his career yeah. absolutely.
2: Okay. Reason number nine: You get a wheat grinder for Christmas. Oh wow,
0: that's a deep pull. Oh, absolutely. My yeah. my mom absolutely had a, uh, a, a mill at home. Yep. Grind your own wheat, mm-hmm. make your own bread, which actually probably a good call. Um, yeah. A lot, you know, less chemicals, healthier. You know,
2: stop trying to spin this.
0: Okay, never mind. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Reason number eight: uh, He wants to. He won't stop. I look, I typed this quickly. Okay. He won't. <laughs> he won't. There we go. He won't stop talking about a vacation to Knoxville.
0: Oh, the annual conference, baby. Yeah. Knoxville do. or bust. <laughs> Love it. Reason number seven,
2: you find a catalog under his bed for Ford custom vans.
0: <laughs> a catalog for yeah. Ford custom vans. Yeah, yes. the uh, the old 15 passenger. Uh, with the spare tire on the back, right? Absolutely. Oh, definitely. And a
1: toilet in the back as the well. The most
0: coveted vehicle in the cult, absolutely. Above a
2: Mercedes Sprinter?
0: Oh, it for sure. It, huh? it didn't exist. Well, yeah, they didn't have it back then, right? Okay. Probably now. But Plus, no, no, that's Mercedes Sprinter. That would that would be too flashy. It would be. That would that oh. could potentially create a stumbling block or mm-hmm. or a stronghold of pride. Uh, okay. Okay. Number
2: six. Uh, their Tinder profile says. Christian extra
0: points if KJV only. <laughs> KJV only. Okay, so that is King James version. Yes. With the these and the dows and the absolutely. shalls. Yeah. Anything absolutely. else
1: is not even the Bible.
0: No, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, because how else? How else are we supposed to read a Bible unless we've got extremely archaic words in there? Exactly. It doesn't convey the 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 real meaning.
1: It's great for memorization. <laughs>
2: All right. Number five. She wants to bring a stumbling block into the
0: bedroom. Whoa, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I thought dude, you'd like to... <laughs> can, you, can you define <laughs> that or give read, it some Read context? that however you want. <laughs> One of those triangle pillows. Got it. Sure. Okay. Why not? All right. Uh,
2: number four. She shows up in a vest she made out of upholstery fabric.
0: Dude. Absolutely. It, honestly,
1: that's what it all looked like.
0: Yeah, with the with the weird roping around yeah. the edges. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Looks like Grandma's couch got repurposed. Yeah. Into a vest. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred percent. Her
2: ringtone is heart music.
0: Oh wow! The old heart music. <laughs> Do you know what? At, they sold those CDs, man. Yeah. Well, they had the heart music CDs. They had the Alert Men Choir. What was that one CD? That.
1: Oh man. Now oh, there's joyful, all. There's tri- triumphant something, hymns, trium- I don't remember.
2: It yeah, it was
0: basically just marching music for Christians, yeah. <sighs> yeah. It was, it was <laughs> not cool. Not cool at all. All right?
2: All right. Uh, number two. <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> On your first date, she, she and the Uber driver have the same last
0: name. <laughs> <laughs> That's subtle. That's very yeah. subtle because the Uber driver is obviously dad a dad yeah. or another adult member of the family, because you certainly <laughs> yeah. can't go on a date alone. No. Uh, that's great. That's really good.
2: And number one, if I can get a drum roll, fellas, but- number one. He friend request your dad after chatting with you on
0: Tinder. Chatting, just chatting. That's
1: it.
0: <laughs> we had a very casual conversation <laughs> on the dating app, and he is talking to my dad. Yeah. But yeah, a hundred percent. That's great, dude. That was very well done, Bryce. Thank I, you. I love Thank that. You. Yeah, I'm- that's awesome. Um, you know the uh, the next the next episode. Uh, is going to be our last episode, yes, in this series, um, and we'll be talking a lot about what life was like after leaving the cult. You know, kind of the aftermath, if you will. Um, you know, Bryce and I went down two very different paths, um, and, and I believe that's that's representative for a lot of people who left this cult. You know, there were there were kind of two general directions that you headed, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about what what that experience was like, and that's gonna be. That's going to be a, an emotional conversation um you know the, the the conversation that uh that i had with uh shalice from Colts to consciousness today uh boy at the end i just i lost it at the end um you know so this this will be a tough episode to get through but i don't think it's going to be tough to get through uh because of the trauma i think it's going to be tough to get through because of the gratitude uh, that we feel for the lives that we have today. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that last episode. And, and of course, uh, we've got the, the live show uh, on July 26th in Austin, Texas. Really looking forward to that. But I just want to thank all of you that are watching this uh, for the incredible support uh, that you've given us uh, during this series. Um, and I really do hope to see a lot of y'all in Austin if you can make it. Uh, but if not, we're going to be live streaming that event as well on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, so that'll be available. Uh, but just thank you so, so much, uh, for helping us get this message out. It's important and it's resonating with a lot of people and it's accomplishing a lot of good. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. I love you. We'll see you next week.